Hello. Just a few things before the show begins. It was recorded before we went through our soft reboot to rebrand as 60MW. So all the details that you hear at the end, of course, are already out of date. So hopefully you already know by now that the website is 60MW.co.uk. The email is contact at 60MW.co.uk. And our Twitter and Instagram are now at 60MW podcast. Do I need to say numerical 60 rather than alphabetical? Hopefully not. Also, you'll hear us say as well that the next show is going to be our remastered interview with Russell Mulcahy that me and Tom did when we were doing 80s Picture House. Due to a huge backlog of shows that we've currently got, I'm putting that back till hopefully October. So you're just going to have to wait a little longer for that. And one last thing I was going through a terrible bout of insomnia when I recorded this, so apologies if I'm not quite firing on all cylinders. Some may argue that I never am, but I just thought I'd put that out there anyway. Okay, thank you. Let's get on with the show. Hello and thank you for listening to 60 Minutes with. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for August 2020, sponsored as always by Dean of the Dead, Hot Sources. Uh, Tom, this week, yeah. uh, the week just gone, I had a nice chat with Dean on the phone. Uh, he's got a few things going on. Obviously, we're waiting for the world to return to as normal as it might ever get. Well, he's getting already in, into some shows for next year, mate. So I think 2021, fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything. Uh, everybody's going to get to meet him. We'll get to meet him again, and he'll be out and about with his hot sauces. So keep your fingers crossed because he's getting his, into some really good, good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. And I've just, actually, about 20 minutes ago from recording, I was once again putting some exorcist onto my food. <laughs> Which is uh, no real surprise, is it? No, no. You put on everything, don't you? I do, I do. Anyway, have we got any sort of stuff to chat about before we get into this month's two films? Any 80s-related stuff going on? Um, I've got... Well, I can start. I know you've got a reel of dead people to... <laughs> of course. <laughs> ...to go for. <laughs> um, a 80s-related film is coming to cinemas. Ooh. Cinema... The actual cinema. Um, mm. It's being uh, released in the US um, next week, as we record, on in certain cinemas, obviously, in America, and VOD. But if you wait in a month, you can see it in the UK on the big screen. And it's Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I figured this would probably get to the cinemas over here with, you know, our, you know, like after, again, as we record this after next week, um, most of the cinemas in the UK will be open. Yeah, yeah. With um, Tenet coming out, all the cinemas are just like, oh, shit, okay, we can, we hope we can open now. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, Face of Music. So I actually saw um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure at the cinema a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, yeah, and I am very ready for this film. I think I do need to re-watch the first two before uh, I watch this one. 
I haven't seen them in such a long time, mate. So yeah, do a rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Then, I think it's a film we all need in 2020. Is Bill and Ted? Yeah, I think it is. Have you heard or read anything? Any sort of word of mouth so far? If it's no, if it's nothing. Good, no, nothing, nothing about it yet. Obviously, it's you know, it's six days time. I think. Oh, mm. Well, maybe a bit more. Um, yeah, about a week roughly when it comes out. So uh, we'll know soon enough. But uh, I'll go and see it regardless. It is one of those that you're thinking. Just please don't let me down, please. <laughs> please be good i think yeah. it'll be okay i don't think it'll be bad Again. yeah it's got the original people doing it yeah you know yeah it'll be it'll be fine it'll be fine but um yeah it's just nice to get a bit of a not only a new film in the cinemas i know there's you know like every seems every day at the moment another new another new film that will be in the cinemas is announced but uh something isolated as well yeah that's good always good um <laughs> much better than the 80s related movie news that i've got a Ooh. remake of an 80s movie a remake oh, i know what this is gonna be a remake of an 80s movie that i know tom you watch religiously every year it's one of your one favorites. Of favorites it yeah, is one yeah. of your favorites mate planes trains and automobiles a remake starring will smith and kevin hart apparently and that's all i saw and i thought i'm not even clicking on no, the news item because that <laughs> alone and everybody knows my views on that again it just gives me an excuse to rant about why remake a good movie remake one that could have been good but failed give it a chance i just cannot see the logic in remaking great films planes trains and automobiles mate is oh it's superb isn't it yeah as you said one of my favorite films um every thanksgiving around every thanksgiving i watch it always quite at the end like it's mm. a, a, a perfect film for me. It's just brilliant. And there was a thing earlier this week. Uh, Mark Camo tweeted this because um, there's talk of another Exorcist yeah. reboot yeah. coming in. He said, ultimately, it's not nothing's going to tarnish the original Exorcist. And you know, the Ex- Exorcist Two was rubbish. There was that thing in 2006, was it? The whatever it was, I can't even remember. <laughs> and like nothing, and that, nothing, none of that's tarnished it. The Total Recall remake. Oh. Obviously, you know, I was up in arms about it, like, and I've never seen it. But who remembers the Total Recall remake now? Awful, absolutely uh, awful. It is Robocop. Who remembers a Robocop oh, remake? God, shoulda just think about it. Who remembers a Conan remake? Like oh. these films, ultimately, yeah, it's annoying, and like they can't think of anything original. And like you say, if they're gonna remake, if they have to remake something, um, do yeah, do a film that didn't work the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. But ultimately, the original's still got, like nothing's going to tarnish it. Like, oh no, it's still there, isn't it? To watch, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. in five years' time, we'll be like, oh yeah, fucking hell, they remade planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> oh well, I'm going to put the original on. Yeah, and, uh, and just... so many of these sort of films, you know, I just like, I just name, you know, like the Arnie ones, just off the top of my head, and RoboCop, like. You know, nobody even thinks about them anymore. They they hit the bargain bin so fast. Yeah, really quick. You so, just wish they'd spend the money that's been spent on this, which of course it's going to be millions, on something original rather than just a remake of a great film. Yeah, and you know, them two together could actually be quite funny, but I'm just doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not do it on? I I don't know. Anyway. I say I didn't even click on the news item. Just the headline was enough to get me 
But also, on the other hand, how many of these, you know, if you listen back to the old, if there were 80s picture house archives, how many of these sort of stories did we have and nothing ever come of it? So We had so many in the news. Probably the majority. I think so, yeah. I remember once when um, we were listening to, I think we were going to Oldham um, when I was visited once. And we were listening to an old pod, uh, old episodes of a car, and we were just like, "Oh yeah, they said they were going to do that, and that never happened." So, <laughs> hopefully, this can be filed under that. And if it's not, doesn't matter. No, we'll probably end up watching it. But oh, I definitely won't. Oh, <laughs> Are you going to boycott it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to boycott. I'm just not going to watch it. And like, that'd be like, I never saw Total Recall remake. I never saw RoboCop. I never saw Conan. Just like, well, these are my favourite films. I've already got them. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Shall um shall I get my death bit out of the way? Yeah, yeah, go on. Then you, go, you, you, you just can't wait. I cannot. You're all excited. <laughs> Again, I feel I've not got a little tuned for, you know, Dave does does death or something like that. I felt I should get it ready, but then I thought maybe it's a little bit inappropriate. Uh, it se- there seems to be more every bloody month. I think I said that last month and it was, again, uh, you know, I saw... Fault. I'm beginning to think it might be. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> if people are dying with any sort of link to the 80s. I, I've only, I say only, I mean, good God, four I've written down, but I'm sure there was more than that. Uh, the ones I've got written down, I mean, the first one I've got written down, uh, Alan Parker, great director. Oh, yeah. Uh, if I had to pick one of his films from the 80s, I'd probably go, I'd probably go for Birdie, actually. There was a time I would have gone for Angel Heart, but I rewatched it, I think, last year. Oh, yeah, but didn't we talk about this one? Hey, it's Picture House, Angel Heart. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. Oh, we both came out of it like, oh, well, that wasn't as good as I remember. Exactly. It's one of those films that for years and years, thinking, Angel Heart, what a great film, what a great film. Then we rewatched it and it wasn't as great. Yeah, and then I was about to say, oh, Angel Heart, that's great. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, didn't I? Yeah, so uh, you saying that reminded me we did actually watch it and it wasn't as great as I remember. No. But, but it has not tarnished my memory. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, Birdie, I rewatched Birdie. Yeah. Uh, I think that was last year. And that's that's a great film still. On a rewatch, it's still a really good film. So if I had to pick, you know, just one from his 80s output, uh, it would be that. Um, and then we've got an actor, um, Rennie Santoni. Uh, yes, yeah. No, this didn't really, well, I, didn't, I only saw this in one place. Yeah. And again, if. I had to pick one. It's It's got to be Cobra, hasn't it? Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I couldn't go for anything else, really. But, I mean, his 80s output, when you look at it, there was, I mean, there was all sort of from TV stuff, Manimal TV stuff. Yeah, yeah he was prolific. He yeah, was... Bad, Bad Boys movie, um, Cobra, of course, Hill Street Blues, Moonlighting, mm-hmm. Miami Vice. It's, oh, some great TV stuff. Uh, Rain Man, Voice, Murphy's Law. Um, yeah, it's... There was a lot there, so... But yeah, straight away, Cobra, for me. Uh, a biggie from the 80s, for me, was uh, Martin Birch. Uh, producer, en- engineer, worked yeah, with loads yeah. and loads of bands, but an easy... And he did work with Iron Maiden, but I'm not going to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I remember his name from my Iron Maiden <laughs> albums. For me, it's all about Whitesnake from yeah. Love Hunter, which, of course, is 79. But then through the 80s, all the classic Whitesnake ones, Ready and Willing, Life in the Heart of the City, Come and Get It, Saints and Sinners, Slide It In, My Whitesnake, before they went all poodle rock. <laughs> Whitesnake, when they were rhythm and blues, Whitesnake. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, again, you look at the bands that he worked with. He was very, very prolific and, and did some great albums. Uh, and then the last one, we're sticking with music. It's a musician this time, and he's Pete Way from UFO. Oh, yeah. And um, Mechanics, the 1982 UFO album. That's the first UFO album I bought back in 82. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was never really into them before then. To be honest, I hadn't really heard I don't think I'd heard anything of them before then. But by 82, I was, you know, well into rock music. Uh, and it was, again, it was the cover that just that just drew me in. I was in a record store. And I thought, like, and it's so simple. It's just like this black gloved hand holding a big spanner. And I thought, mm. yeah, I'll buy that. And it was a great album. Um, and he was up here in North Wales. I think it was last year. He was, he was yeah, at, at the but... TIV and played there last year. So another well, one. Well, yeah, I remember... Um... I couldn't tell you the year, but it was a few years ago, several years ago. Andrew and I saw UFO at the UEA. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we will never forget Pete Way that night because he was off his face. Like, I mean, <laughs> he himself said, if he, I think he said something like, in the 30 years career, he snorted most of South America. Wow. Um, and he was off his face. He was on his back for most of it in his infamous striped trousers. And he still, you wouldn't know, you know, audio, audio wise, you wouldn't. No, there wasn't any sort of issue. <laughs> it was like second so nature. To, he was trying. Phil Mogg was trying to like give him water to drink during it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, one of those. You know, when you know, you can. I think Ozzy Osbourne said, you know, like I haven't got uh, Pete, uh, Pete Waves or one. I I haven't got a patch on him. You know, he's he's the rock and roll hellraiser. But he's was one of them, like Ozzy and Keith Richards, that you'd never think would actually die because he's mm. done so many drugs that. It's built up some sort of weird immune system. <laughs> to everything. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there was others as well, but they were the ones that I noted down. I was I was starting to feel bad. I thought, oh my God, here's another one that I'm making a note of who's died. Uh, yeah, let's hope there's is. not as many in the September show to yeah, read Yeah, let's hope we don't even have one. Yeah, none would be good. Can we have a month with none, please? Uh, maybe I should just stop watching the news or reading news items, nice. and then that way I wouldn't know. And uh, that's apart from a little bit more news about Dean of the Dead. That's about it, mate. It's been there's not been too much, uh, as well as not too much eighties related stuff that I've come across. There's not been too much just here, basically, really. That's anywhere near interesting to have a chat about, or that people would want to listen to. To be completely honest. Well, well. Well, I've been spending a lot of money. Aha, uh-huh. you have been, and you've been spending yes. it, if well, I may say so, very I mean, well, well indeed. The, well, the first things are like, I mean, it started in the 80s, so it, the yeah. Simpsons counts. Um, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, Vans brought out a range of Simpson shoes and shirts and other apparel. And um, I knew they were doing it. And um, a wrestler friend of mine tweeted, like, and I didn't realise they were out, and I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> they are nice. So yeah. I got a pair of Moe's Tavern, like, oh, oh god, they're, they're trainers, Dave, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Well, like they've all got all the Vans era, Vans. Clan, like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll call the I'll call the bigger ones high tops. That's fine. But, yeah, yeah, because they have high tops. But like the trainers, so I got them, and you know, there's Homer and Moe on one side, and. No, sorry, Home and Barney on one side and Mo Lenny and Carl on the other. They're all multicolored, like amazing. 
And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to put these on. And so um, I was out for the day on Sunday. And I forgot with fans, I don't know how if you, like, I, I don't know how long this has been a thing, but I forgot you've got to walk them in, like, in your house for ages, mm-hmm. for, like, a week, because, you know, like, you've got to put up either some winter socks or two pairs of normal socks, and you've got to walk around the house to stretch them out, and sometimes you have to get the hairdryer out and focus on the pits that are causing discomfort. Yeah, I forgot all about this, and, oh, by the time I got home, my ankle was shredded. Oh, my, yeah. Rest in peace, my poor sock that had blood all over it. Oh my word! Yeah, and I'm just like, why can't they just make these like you know, like they've been walked in, you know, like every other shoe? So uh, <laughs> I know I got uh, a, a pair of Kiss ones. Oh, oh yeah, a good few years ago. Same, th- I did exactly the same. Way. I put them on, went out walking. Oh yeah, look at me with my Kiss feet, and then like you. Oh, ow, look at me with my bleeding ankles <laughs> not too yeah. long afterwards. See, I've had exactly the same. It's ridiculous. So I've got to wait for my my right ankle, apparently from like my, my heel or my right foot keeps like little twinges of pain every now and again. But my um, left ankle, because I've just got to wait for that to heal before I can walk in. We so I've got tips. to wait for the skin to grow back on there and heal. And then I'll get the double socks out and walk around the house for a certain amount of time. There's literally an FAQ about it on their website. It's insane. That is crazy. But the high tops um, are, are fine because obviously they're up higher and I know that because I bought another pair. <laughs> you just couldn't help yourself. I mean, there's two pairs I really wanted. So in the end, I was just like, you know what, fuck it. They weren't cheap. They weren't cheap, Dave. But um, yeah, these have got like the Simpsons family from the Tracy Ullman show from 87 era you know the weirdly drawn ones yeah yeah old on one side and then i've got the simpsons now on the other and they're quite nicely colored as well so uh yeah lovely stuff mm-hmm. lovely stuff little splashing out it was rent free month oh well, why not then why not yeah so um yeah i've um we've got fright fest next uh next weekend mm, yeah um obviously you've got a uh, grim fest um in October, which is similar, both online. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Grimfest will be a slightly more bearable experience as it goes to the hosts. There's a, <laughs> and you know this, there's a long, yeah, like I've been to Fright Fest a few times. I'll always go to Fright Fest, whether it's a couple of days or just a day, because, you know, you know, you want to see the new horror films. Exactly, yeah, of course you if do. If you were around, if you lived nearer to London, like I do, you know, you'd, you'd be going to Fright I Fest. Would, sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I do find for people that host it, they have the, I think, I don't even know if I've spoken about this before, they have this tendency and assumption that you know who they are mm-hmm. and they come across as... <laughs> I like that pause. They don't, they, oh, they, they, it doesn't, it, it, they don't come across well um, in that because it's like being um, Chris Howard, who's contributed on 60 Minutes with in the past, um, We've been, and it's just a running joke where we just laugh because they just start going on, and we're just like, "Oh, you know me," and then start talking like, "No, mate, we don't even know your name." No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a, and it's yeah, it's a little bit is it's all about them air to it. Whereas uh, you say Grimfest doesn't have that, but I'm looking forward to seeing some new horror, mm-hmm. albeit yeah, in a very be. odd setting. Um, well, I'm not saying Chris's house is an odd setting, but when you used to go to Leicester Square or the cinema in uh, Manchester where you go um, uh, to see these films, seeing on your ass on the couch, I mean, it's cheaper. It's cheaper, yeah. It's, it's you know, you can 
go to the loo whenever you want to. You can get snacks ready. You can do all of that kind of thing. You're losing out on the atmosphere, of course. You're losing out on the, the big screen. Um, yeah. And just the whole atmosphere in, in general, because this this would have been my fifth year covering Grimfest, mm. and it is by far, it's the favourite thing that I cover every year. I yeah, absolutely yeah, exactly. love it. Uh, and there was, I mean, but to look on the positive side of it, there was a while just a few months ago, I thought there's not going to be any Grimfest whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm happy that it's it's online, yeah, still going to get yeah. to see the films. I'm going to miss the experience of going to Manchester and seeing the people there and just yeah. you know, sitting there. But I'm thankful that you did Grimfest and with Frightfest and other movie festivals oh, worldwide. Of course, yeah, Overland World. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing this online thing. So, thankfully, yeah. we live in an age when we can do this. I just, I, I just hope our internet does not cut out partway through. No, because yeah, I'm hoping Chris's internet's good. Oh. Uh, if it was doing it at mine, I wouldn't have a worry. But uh, um, after asking that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Fright Fest are actually planning to do a two day. I think it was a two day Halloween. Well, they will do the Halloween edition in October, obviously, mm. or, no, or early November. But they're hoping to do it at the cinemas. And I mean. Grimfest is in October, and they're not. Uh, it's just mm. like, I mean, they could probably do it at the cinemas, but like, what? It's going to be so, you know, like in October, you know, the cinemas will still be open, I would imagine. Hopefully. Yeah, I like, um, I'm just like, just, I think they will, like, we don't want to go into all of that, but, you know, you know, the thing we don't, the, the C word. Yeah, yeah. But like, the way things are, I think certain cinemas will definitely, in parts of the country, Cinemas will be open in other parts, won't I think? Yeah, yeah. And there's the whole uh, thing, especially with festivals. You're not, you're not going to get everybody sat side by side. Yeah, no, every, I think every row. And it's the whole thing outside, outside the screen as well, mate, isn't it? You, you're yeah, out and you're in the foyer bustling. area, and it's heaving. And uh, a, a lot of the time, the stalls out uh, out there selling stuff, and you're all mingling around, and you're having a chat, and the guests, the, the directors or actors are there, and you know, it's still a meet and greet thing, and that you just can't do that at the moment. No, no. Um, I mean, like, I've, I think you know, it by the end of October, I think it things as it goes to sitting apart in cinemas, I think it'll be exactly as it is now. Yeah, me too. Cinemas will only be doing the um, certain amount of people in the screen, mm-hmm. um, at that point. I don't think much is going to change in the next two months, so I don't know. I don't, it's a bit like, oh, okay. It doesn't seem like a money earner to do that, but um, and it's a shame actually, like, um, as well, because these films aren't for the majority of them aren't going to be in the cinemas, are they? Like, oh no, the film, so, you know, this is their chance to be, you know, and like, you know, you know, it's a big, it's a big cinema in Manchester, and obviously, it's um, Cineworld and Leicester Square in London, these are big cinemas, both of them, and um, yeah. You know, to be on at these cinemas is really cool. And, yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's a shame that everyone's going to miss out. It is, because the amount of times I've come back from Grimfest and said to Tina, I said, oh, my, this was a brilliant film, and this was a brilliant film. You just never see it anywhere. And that's no. that's without even the the short films that they Yeah, show. yeah, of course. You know, yeah. and it's usually their only chance of getting up on the big screen and getting in front of yeah. people. And the short programs at the, at, well, at Grimfest especially, is one of my favourite bits of it. You know, these, yeah. these short five, ten, sometimes 15-minute films, independent filmmakers, and they're amazing. And yeah, and so it's it, good that both festivals are still doing them. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, they can't be forgotten. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame. But, no, like you say, like a lot of them just vanish off the face of the earth, these films. And, yeah. like, um, I think 
one we saw at Fire Fest Halloween last year, Trick ended up on Netflix, so I'll probably get more viewers than, you know. Yeah. When you film well onto Netflix, that's good stuff because uh, they'll have more eyes on it than ever. Like Upgrade. Did you ever, did you ever see Upgrade? I did, yeah. I love it. It's a great film. Yeah, really great film. Yeah. I have, that was at the cinema for like a cup of coffee and – I saw it at the cinema, I was so glad I did because I also loved it. Mm. And it got like a, it didn't come out on Blu-ray for bloody ages. Then it got like a limited edition 25 quid release and I'm like, which is really nice. And you know, the sort of thing we'd buy. It was buy. a great release, yeah. But yeah, but like Joe Public ain't going to pick that up, are they? Yeah, that, But now no, it's gone on trouble. Netflix yeah. and like the other day it was like the second most watched film in the UK and we're like, that's <laughs> where you needed to get it. Yeah, yeah. Get some eyes on it, see how good it is. So yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's the goal. We're rambling. But yeah, film festivals online. Support I'll report them. back on um, if there's anything cool at Fright Fest next time. Yeah, it'll be good to hear. And one final purchase. I mean, technically there's nothing to do with the 80s because these films came from the 60s, 70s, jumped to the 80s and then into the <laughs> 90s and 2000s. But it would be remiss of me not to talk about the absolute chonk unit that came to my door last first you had a uh, heavy package it was it, it had heft it, did. Um, it was the arrow release of the gamera collection or gamera depending on how you pronounce it mm-hmm. um and like it was obviously couriers at the moment they put it down knock at the door step away or post you know anything with parcel related or a takeaway yeah um and uh, so I picked it up, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what is this?" And um, have you have you actually? I'll I'll show you when we've, what it looks like when we've uh, finished recording. I'll I'll get it out for you. Oh, thank um, you. You'll get it out and put the camera on. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. What you what you've been waiting for? But it is <laughs> the nicest box set I've ever seen. It. I mean, it, the, the photographs I've seen. It looks incredible and that's it, before you even start talking about the discs and what's on them the the packaging and everything with it it just looks amazing mate the packaging is insane there's like a huge um obviously there's like a book style thing which houses for discs there's a map insert there's postcard inserts um then there's like a hardback graphic novel which collects together some of the comics from the 90s and then there's like an 80 page movie guide basically to the whole thing and then the extras like you know more about the extras than me because i've only watched one film in it so far but it was quite funny when we were talking about um the extras and you said something about the documentaries and i and it was that you were saying there's um (laughs) documentaries spread over the three discs which have the 90s movies on it yeah and i thought you meant like it was i think i thought you meant it was a six-part documentary no a three-part documentary no, sorry, a six-part documentary was like three hours or something. There was some confusion. But you were like, no, it's, it's a, a six, free documentary. Yeah. yeah, six hours long. It's six. Yeah, you thought it was a, a two-hour documentary split yeah. over three parts. And I went, no. That's it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's three two-hour sections of this documentary. <laughs> it's going, incredible. It's going to take me a month to get through it because yeah. um, I want to watch the films, then the extras like relevant to the films. So yeah, a lot yeah, of the of extras I won't be watching till right till the end because overall like how much retrospective stuff. But the um, ones that you put me onto, and if anyone's got this set or planning to get this set, um, were the introductions. And I put on the first introduction. Brilliant. Yeah, they're really good, really informative, yeah. and uh, really sets the stage well for the film you're about to watch. Yeah, so, and they're uh, only about five minutes long, aren't they? But they really, like you said, set the stage 
and then you watch the next film and he'll tell you what may have happened in between the making yeah, of the two. Exactly. Just to, to give awesome. you a bit more, you know, just to fill you in with what was what's happening with within the studios as well. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're so good and informative and it's funny as well. Yes. It's really watchable. And it is that they definitely need to be watched before you watch each film. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still about for now. Um, it's, it'll sell out this well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's immense. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, well, it is expensive. It's an outlay, but when you see that you get 12 films, you see all of the amazing extras that are on the discs. You see the packaging, everything else that comes with it. It works yes. out. It's it's a bargain. It's a real bargain. Yeah, Despite I mean, it being a, an initial heavy outlay, it's an absolute bargain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, well, from my wife's had it, like, much like the new telly and stuff like the Simpsons shoes and my 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 Zubas and my Twin Peaks Zubas and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. It's just like, well, this is money that, you know, would have been on a social life, which is returning. But, uh, like, the camera box set, that was right near the start of the uh, whole thing when I ordered that. So yeah. it was almost like a freebie, that one. What a nice freebie to have. Well, it wasn't really, but, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, there's no stamina. Uh, well, I've got, like I said, a little bit more Dean of the Dead news. And everybody needs to make sure to listen to our September Decade of Decadence show as soon as they can when it comes out, because we're going to run a giveaway from Dean, uh, which by the time it'll end, we'll be into October, Halloween month. What a perfect time to give stuff away from Dean. And we've talked about in the past, he's releasing a T-shirt every month. Each T-shirt is designed by a different tattoo artist. And uh, Tina got me one the other month we talked about in the previous show. Uh, and, and they're great. And I've, I've got to say, again, the quality of the T-shirts, which is something I talked to him on the phone the other week, the places where he gets them from, these the quality of the T-shirts are absolutely brilliant, really nice. Uh, and we're going to be giving away one of his T-shirts. Uh, so make sure you listen to the September show. You'll have the choice, obviously, of what size that you want uh, and of what design you want as well. So you'll have the pick of any design. So just make sure you listen to the September show uh, as soon as you can because there'll be obviously a time limit to win it. And the, the winner can get their T-shirt before Halloween and maybe wear it on Halloween. That'd be good. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, I mean, don't know what there's going to be, what, what there will be to do on Halloween, but, you know, if you're going to do a horror movie night, have some friends around, get some beers, get some food to put some hot sauce on. Yeah. And wear your Dean of a Dead shirt. Exactly. Perfect Halloween. Perfect. Yeah. Now that's, uh, that's coming next month's show. Ah, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. Done for this bit? Have you got anything left before we no, move on? No, no, I think that's... I feel, I feel that there was something, but um, I started, we started rambling on about film festivals and went off on a little tangent, and I feel it's gone, and it doesn't matter. And you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If, if There's always the next show. There's always September. Yes. Right, let's take a little break, and we'll come back with my first-time watch pick. So how's the paranoia level? Under control. Yeah. Well, don't get too comfy. All right. My first time watch pick uh, is from 1996. But of course, there is the 80s connection. We've got Dolph Lundgren in the leading role. I mean, Rocky Four. Do I need to say anything other than Rocky Four? I don't think so. 
uh, and directed by Russell Mulcahy. Uh, Highlander, again, is the first one that jumps to mind. Big 80s connection there. It's currently a 5.5 on IMDb, out of 10, of course. Uh, on Letterboxd, uh, it's a little bit different on Letterboxd. Because, of course, because they mark out a 5 as well. It's a 2.7. So I guess they, they average the same overall, don't they, actually? More or less exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, that's how it rattles out, yeah. yeah. So the IMDb synopsis, uh, Waxman, who's Dolph Lundgren, um, is a former Special Forces soldier who is now working as a heavily armed assassin for a top-secret government agency. When a covert mission goes terribly wrong, Waxman and fellow assassin Clegg <laughs> become the agency's prime targets. Right. Where do I begin? Uh, oh, Tom, I don't know where to begin with this, apart from... My God, it was boring. Uh, I can't believe some of the reviews that have been written on IMDb, the 7, 8, 9, and 10 stars. The same with the 3 and 4 and sometimes 5-star reviews on Letterboxd. Well, uh, yeah, like we've said, like we uh, a couple of months, three months ago, you know, we had our sort of like, okay, we're going to check out more Letterboxd than IMDb because yeah. there's some wackos on IMDb. People like... Yeah, but like Letterboxd is the one where, you know, our sort of crowd of film fan, our sort of type of film fan. So you see, like, personally, if I see something well-reviewed on Letterboxd, yeah, okay, I'm going to give that a go. And this had some good stuff behind it on Letterboxd. So I was just like, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's but... what made me pick it. But once again, it's let us down. <laughs> because, Jesus. Now, because I'd read a lot of the reviews beforehand, I wasn't expecting an action film. That it was quite clear from all the reviews. This isn't an action film. It's very slow paced. Uh, I was expecting some things to happen. Yeah, I wasn't a film. I was not expecting to get annoyed at an at a certain performance. Uh, there's so, uh, there's no, again. So you, you've got Dolph Lundgren as shooter. He's called shooter in the film because he he's the he's the sniper. You've got Gina Bellman as spotter because he's the sniper's, the shooter's spotter. Uh, and it begins with them and they go on this mission and then they end up on another mission in a building that's was being built but has been stopped and it's derelict and it's got a couple of night guards in there and they're there to do another mission. Not a lot else happens. Uh, let me get on to this. The performance by Gina Bellman, mate. Really, really, it got me, got me annoyed. I'm getting wound up now thinking about it. We got to the hour point. It's only a 90-minute film. We got An hour had gone by. There's still half an hour to go. And I looked at Tina and I said, please, please don't let her say another word because she's really pissing me off now. She was so... She was diabolically one, bad. One-dimensional. We, I think we were five, ten minutes into the film and we were looking at each other and going, how the hell did she get this part? And this, this yeah. is, I mean, it must have been some performance decision either from her as an actress or maybe from Russell as a director or between them the, to, to portray the character like this. But never have I seen somebody so one-dimensional. Never have I seen somebody acting as though... I thought there was something wrong because we watched it on Amazon Prime. I thought there was something wrong with the streaming because it seemed to be playing <laughs> at three-quarter really speed. 
she was just talking that little bit too slow. But she wasn't even talking like that because she was all... I could imagine, like, you had to turn your router off and on again because her <laughs> yeah, acting was so bad. <laughs> happening? There's, there's a backlog somewhere. There's, there's, we're not Real getting enough bandwidth. Media. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. So when you got an old VHS and it's stretched. Hello, hello. Yeah. Are we watching Silent Trigger? No, she's actually that bad. She is that bad. And <laughs> just delivering every... But it was every every single line. And I'm not exaggerating. Every single line she had in this film, and unfortunately she had quite a few lines, mm. were delivered three-quarter speed with no no emotion. She was so airy-fairy. She was almost as, as though she was trying to be sultry with every line she delivered and it yeah. was what i mean what was what was it like when they were casting her and it was okay so gina show me angry oh i'm so angry at you right okay that was that was okay gina can you show me uh, sadness now i cried so much when the puppy died it's like that and oh my god i was getting so wound up it got to the the hour mark and I, I've never been, I don't think I've ever been annoyed watching a film. Never mind this annoyed. Her performance just, it didn't ruin it because, I mean, there was nothing much to ruin in the bloody first place, really. Which again, and of course, you know, films, all creative art forms, they're all subjective. And I think it's absolutely terrible and boring. And you get the people that give it 10 stars. So, you know, fair enough. The high point for me, mate. You know my love of uh, PM Entertainment films, and <laughs> this is about the most joy I got. It's not a PM Entertainment film. Thank fuck for that, because uh, that would ruin the PM name for me. But there was one that I'd never heard of before. This was made by Conquistador Entertainment. <laughs> never heard of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing of a star. Yeah. Doesn't that like say it. a lot when that was one of the highlights of the film for me was right at the beginning when it just I mean, comes the, up with that. The, the, one of the bad guy's tashes and hair was... Well, there's, there's, yeah, there's two there's two security guards in there at this building and it's set during the night time and one of them isn't a security guard. He's a plant for this government agency. But the other one, and again, performance decision to play him so over the top... He makes, I mean, he makes like Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw 2 look positively restrained. This guy is really oh, yeah, chewing like, the scenery like mad. And no one's great in it, but like the, the, that lead actress was on another level. Oh, shit. Terrible. Terrible. But, um, I mean, thankfully, yeah, the, I, thankfully like the, the night guard did something, well, so, didn't he? The night guard did something. Yeah. As opposed to her. Simpy, sultry. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he was, and and the night guard. I've worked nights. I worked nights <laughs> as um as a night receptionist at a hotel once, and I'm I'm beginning to think I wasted my time there because looking at him as a night guard at this at this building, and all he did was drink beer, eat pizza, and snort cocaine. I thought I should have been doing that at the hotel, surely, if that's what you do when you're working on ships at places like this. But when he came to do anything, oh, well, yeah, and, and he was a right rapey bastard as well in it, which was, he yeah. was slimy, horrible, over-the-top figure that you'd got no empathy for, you didn't care what happened, and he was like the opposite to her, wasn't he, as far as performances go? Yeah. 
And that, yeah, there was decent squibs in it, which was all mm. right. That gave I, I I gave it one star on Letterboxd. It would have been half a star if it wasn't for the decent squibs. I'll say that. And what with it? I'm sorry, I'm going to go on about her again. So <laughs> Dolph Lundgren wasn't much better. He was he got well. He got nothing to do. He looked bored in it. I thought, and the times he was fingering the bullets. God, I lost count of the amount of times there was shots like that. But she, why did she have wet hair in it all the time? And then partway through the film, she gets, she suddenly gets dry hair. And it was such a shock that this had happened <laughs> that me and Tina looked and went, holy shit, she's got dry hair. But then there was really bad continuity because there's, I was going to say an action scene, but it's not really an action scene. She has to do a bit of running. But because there's flames, it's her stunt double. And the stunt doubles got wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> must have been because she's got wet hair all the bloody time so that didn't sit right and then it gets to the end of the film and she's at the bottom of the building and walking away from it in that sultry manner that she does walking even walking at three quarter speed for fuck's sake and then Dolph Lundgren's still in the building so to get her attention he's got this massive sniper gun so he shoots uh, like a, a fire hydrant by the side of her and the top shoots off it and water goes up so she can get wet hair again. I was ah. like, what the hell is it with her and her wet hair and a three-quarter monotone speech pattern? Fuck. Oh, my God. I was, yeah, just annoyed with it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing. I was trying to think, is there anything positive that I can say about it? There's nothing. I was bored off my tits watching it. And again, reading some of these reviews. And again, I wasn't expecting an action movie i was expecting a slow oh actually it did it looks nice because russell Mulcahy directed it and it had gone well yeah that's that's my one i gave it yeah. one and a half and a half was for it looks really nice because russell Mulcahy directs it and obviously he's got like we've said that music video eye um and yeah like good or bad his films always look good they do so there was that going for it but, like, the moment it started, I messaged you. I was just, like, two or three minutes in. I was like, I know exactly what this is going to be. This is going to be some sort of art house attempt of an action film. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any other examples of an art house attempt at an action film, but um, I'm sure they're probably a bit more interesting than this. Like, like fundamentally, whatever sort of film you make, it's got to be interesting for the viewer. This just wasn't. It was boring like paint dry boring mm. felt like nothing happened I was, I was sleepy at the end <laughs> I felt like i just needed to go and sleep i would love to hear anybody listening to this if you've watched it or if for some bizarre reason after listening to this you decide that you want to watch it please let us know what you think are you and if you do love it please tell us it's fine like we said everybody's taste is different and from reading the reviews on both IMDb and Letterboxd, that's clear to see. Some people love it. I read some things they were saying, and this is more than one person said this, it was their favourite Dolph Lundgren film. I was like, what? Really? But let's say everybody's taste is different. It, Yeah, just awful, awful, boring, boring. And the worst annoying performance I've ever yeah, she seen. Was awful yeah so yeah i've not much more to say about that particularly 
No, I mean... I don't want to talk about like, it. It gets me annoyed. This is trying to avoid, isn't it? Like, when uh, we talk about films, we, you know, like, there's there's nothing we could have done about this one. Everything seemed to, you know... We, yeah, we went by our... Yeah, every, you know, the, the reviews and what people thought about it, everyone seemed to just be pointing to her. It's not like they're all reviews saying, oh, my God, this is boring shit, so, which we would have watched it, probably, so... No, the majority, yeah, the majority. Avoid, so unfortunately, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. Other than it bored me to tears, yeah. but it looked nice. Yeah, that was it. It looks okay. Uh, so put it on in the background and put some music on. Is probably the best way to watch it. But yeah, please do get in touch if you do watch it or have watched it, and let us know what you think. And we'll read it out in the September show, uh, or whenever you, whenever you may be hearing this, pop us an email, uh, and then it, it could be next year. And then you'll give us really bad flashbacks to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it all comes back to us. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's move swiftly on. We don't even need to answer. Is it it worth a rewatch at any point? If if you're... Well, actually, maybe it does because we're talking off air, mate. I'm suffering a bit from insomnia at the moment, not sleeping very well. Maybe I should put this on. Put it on later. Put it on later. Yeah. Oh, God, I'll be out like a light within 10 minutes. So... Maybe maybe worth a watch or rewatch if uh, you need a good sleep. Other than that, just avoid at all costs. Yeah, same for you, I would think, mate. Oh god, absolutely! Yeah, I'm never watching this again. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, what is your rewatch pick? Let's. Let me first say, we do not tolerate attacks on our citizens. What's the body count? Two dozen injured, nine dead. Colombian officials, American intelligence. A nurse and her little boy. That's the father over there. I talked to him. I told him I was picking up my son. has been linked to more than a dozen bombings in the last decade. I will not tell that grieving father we let his family's killer get away because of protocol. We can't allow the work of an anonymous criminal to unravel the partnership we've forged with the Colombian government. Justice for your wife and son isn't a priority right now. You're not going after him, are you? Let's say you did manage to get into the country without getting killed. You'll never make it into the guerrilla zone. The wolf is back in Colombia, but you cannot take the law into your own hands. We know he's here. The gorilla's damn sure he know he's here. Only two ways he can go, and we control both. That idiot is trying to commit suicide. No! You saved my son. And your husband killed mine. Don't even look at those guys unless you can kill them. He's a man consumed by hate. Just like you. I'm not like him. Not yet. Claudio's gone to Washington to plant another bomb. Help me stop him. Surveillance just sent this down. It was taken off one of the Union Station monitors 13 minutes ago. That's him. Oh, my God. Okay, my rewatch pick this episode was from 2002 um, and stars 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there's your 80s link without mm-hmm. having to elaborate. <laughs> um, it's Collateral Damage. Mm. Now, um, I chose this because this is a film like I've seen it a couple of times, nowhere close, like, you know, like your Predator amounts or oh, yes, Terminator same. amounts or anything yeah. else. With Arnie. I think this is probably one of my least watched, you know, pre-Governor um, yeah. Arnie movies. Um, so I wanted to revisit it, and obviously there was a lot of. It was supposed to come out around, you know, just after nine eleven. Obviously, because of nine eleven, it didn't happen, so it got bumped back a year. Um, so I was just like, let's revisit it, and um, here we are. It's directed by Andrew Davis, who's um, probably best known for *The Fugitive*, *Under Siege*. You know, uh, a lot of uh, holes. Um, that's a film, a chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah, um, Above the Law, Code of Silence. So he's done some good... He's he's a good action director. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Arnie and him combined. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong, Tom? Could so anything go wrong? IMDb is, after his family is killed by a terrorist act, a firefighter goes in search of a one responsible. So far, so Arnie. Yeah, definitely. Um, on IMDb, it's a 5.5. And on Letterboxd, it is a 2.4. So I would say IMDb think it's better than yeah. Letterboxd. Does. Yeah, slightly higher, yeah. But um, this is like, I mean, you look at the Letterboxd reviews and, you know, there's no four or five stars once to this one. But I just thought, um, that was one four star one. Um, I just thought it'd be an, an interesting film to sort of revisit yeah. because it's an Arnie film. I would assume you've not seen it as much, Suthers? I would say three times tops before. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, it's, you know, like on paper, this is an Arnie film, like the script, you know, like he's a family man. Uh, he's a firefighter, so he's got he's already a hero. He, um, you know, he's beating up his family and they're killed by a terrorist. And, you know, he recovers in hospital, you know, pulls his IV out goes after them you know I'm like, okay here we go if this was 1987 this would be a fucking blast <laughs> yeah somehow and i don't know if it's because of 9-11 and to be honest if this film came out in 2007 this would be a fucking blast you know if this came out post governorship because i think he had some good films out after he was governor like the last stand yeah, and like Escape Plan. yeah yeah he did some like good they didn't do any business but like they did you know, there were some really fun films he did. Um, I think if it came out in that period, it would have been a blast. But I think it's just because of the reaction to 9-11. It's sort of... It's a bit of a drag a lot of the time. It is, yeah. And it's not It's not an overly long film. It's an hour and three quarters. It's, yeah. it's one of those that seems longer when you're watching it. I thought, oh, God, is this like over two hours long? Because it was, it was dragging. It was very, it's very pedestrian. And for an action film... The, again, there's not a lot of action per se in it. Some of the some of the effects in it are awful. Yeah. There's some digital CGI effects that are, are laughable, really are ter- terrible, uh, which do take you out at the moment uh, as well. It's 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 not as boring as um... no. I think some of the action is good. Um... And no, it's not as boring as uh, the film that we've already forgotten the name of, yeah. um, Silent, Silent Trigger. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's, what was going on in the early two thousands with where every film 
looked the same, had that same sort of style, that early, you know, in that early 2000s style. And whoever directed it, like whether it's, you know, Andrew Davis here or anyone else, it just looked the same with that sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And this had that early 2000s. It, like, it, like, you couldn't tell who directed this. No. no like, I, I mean, I couldn't, you know, like, I don't, you know, I don't think Andrew Davis is one of those directors where you're like, oh, it's an Andrew Davis film. Like, if you're watching a William Friedkin film, you could probably tell. If you're watching a Scorsese film, you'd definitely tell. But, yeah. like, you're not, like, he's not one of those directors. Like, oh, Andrew Davis directed this, clearly. Mm-hmm. But um, they all just became so, like, oh, it was just the way it was shot, that weird sort of handheld, I don't know, it was just, just always, they all seem weird, weirdly shot, and it makes them look well for me personally. It makes them look a little bit cheaper too. They, yeah, they look, yeah, absolutely. They look very, yeah, as though I mean, obviously, it's got a big budget to it, uh, but they do look. Oh, it's a bit sort of cheap looking, very flat looking, not yeah, very, yeah. not very cinematic, really. No, this not, looks not, like a straight to video film. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad. It doesn't look like made for TV, but it looks like. You said director video. It's got that look yeah. to it, which is yeah. And I don't. It just looks like I don't know. I don't think it did at the time. You know, I think when these films came out, and obviously it's not just collateral damage. There's a lot of these sort of films of all genres that have that sort of cheaper look to it um, that was popular. But I don't remember when these you know these are out. Like I don't remember thinking that mm. at the time. And it's the whole story of it as well. It's just by the books of. So Arnie's there, he's a firefighter, his wife and his young kid get killed in a terrorist explosion. And so then he wants revenge on the, the terrorist. And so he, you know, he goes to different places and there's a certain twist in the story. Now, Tina had never seen this before, so it was a first time watch for her. And, and to begin with, she couldn't believe that she'd never seen it before. And the couple of twists that were in it, she saw them a mile away and she went, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, they happen. So there's, you know, even story-wise, there's nothing to surprise you. It's all really standard, the action standard, the acting standard in it. Uh, something that isn't standard in it is this one guy in it, and he has the most incredible hairy chest. <laughs> now, when I say Harry Chase, so he's got this, he's got this, what I mean, what a thing to notice. I think this says a lot about the film, and this is one of the standout things for me. Uh, he's, he's got like a, a button up shirt on, and he's got like the top, I think, two buttons undone. Now, we've all seen Harry Chests. This was, it's almost like a mutant Harry Chest. It was huge. It was, you, you've heard of, oh, it looks like he's got a, you know, a, a rug coming out. This was yeah. like, a hairy rug it's as though we i don't know there was a small bear in there they know even bears don't have hairs this long it was it was just incredible i don't know well, if I'm, it, glad you, I'm glad you like that it's okay i don't know if it'll um, come up in a google search if you typed in collateral damage uh plus hairy chest maybe it would it should maybe. do if it doesn't maybe you can sort of start working over google i'm <laughs> guessing that Adding pictures of this. I should start yeah. an Instagram account of, of just little that. hairy chests. This would be the top one. Nothing will ever top this for a, for a hairy chest. Uh, it, it gets a little bit nasty. Tina especially went, oh, my God, this is, this is nasty. Because the terrorist, of course, surprise, surprise, is not a very nice man. Um, and he shoves a snake down somebody's throat, which seemed a little bit out <laughs> with the rest of the movie. Yeah, really? yeah it was a bit. I mean, ooh, 
it feels like obviously a lot. I think I I did see like a lot of it was cut, um, and it was like turned into something a bit different after nine eleven. They dropped a lot of stuff. Uh, it just felt like that was the sort of remnant of that more that yeah. harsher tone to it. I mean, it's not particularly like. I, it reminded me in bits um, of how Rambo is, because yeah, you know yeah. it's just it was just it wasn't as bleak as some of the Rambo films are. Like it's, it's but it was just so like it wasn't. And I know it's about a guy whose wife and kid are killed. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> But when you've got an Arnie film, you know, like... The one-liners. That you yeah, you know, to. you look at Commander and his daughter's been kidnapped and he's just reeling off the puns. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's not... And I know it's a different time to, you know, like, you don't... But, yeah, like, the one... He had one bit that really made me laugh and he was just like when um, the terrorist's wife and, and Arnie's character were like... They'd, they'd come back from Columbia or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. And the guy was just like, oh, uh, is Elias Cotius, his character, he's just like, oh, you know, the fire, fire fighter, a drug-bound wife, this could be a TV show or a film. And now he just goes, yeah, and you could be the asshole." <laughs> <laughs> and that really made me laugh. I think it made me laugh because it hadn't been funny the whole way through. Yeah, and then there was this, like, was the only bit. classic Arnie Zinger. And yeah. um, that was it. And was, it just came out because I'd given up on it being, there being any sort of funny one. There was a bit of weird comic relief from... John Turturro a bit and uh, John Leguciamo yeah. um, trying to flog his dance music CD in one scene, which it just seemed odd. But only just doing a one line about someone being an asshole was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. So, well, um, but yeah, you know, Arnie was in good shape. He ran around as the prerequisite grunts and oh and yeah, the there was a lot of that going on. There was a lot which, of that going on, which is, but it just it was just lacked any sort of character. Yeah, and there was. When it was fine, but it was better than I thought it was going to be by a hair. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it just lacked any sort of personality. When you think the main thrust of the film is he wants revenge, like I said, for the death of his wife and uh, and son, and he's there, he sees the, the terrorist, he's in, in this country, and he, he's looking at him, and Arnie's got a grenade. And he gets this grenade and he, he wraps, he does this elaborate thing with it where he wraps this elastic, he takes the pin out and wraps this elastic band around the handle of it so it doesn't open and explode. And then he drips this stuff on it, which will slowly rot away the elastic and make it go off. And then he puts it, puts it on top of this, it's like this gas burner thing, isn't it? There's the gas bottle. Yeah. And then he hides it and then he walks away. Why the fuck didn't he just throw the grenade in the room and blow him up? Why did he have to do all of that? Which he's ultimately, a fireman. he it, wants to do it in like technical it failed ways. Anyway, I'm looking at it and going, just, just throw the grenade, mate, and you, you've done it. You've got it. Instead of all this bollocks, and then it fails. That that was terrible. And the end, and of course, I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler, but you've got the terrorist and his wife, and they're both on the motorbike, and they're they're in this, they're they're inside in this concrete building, and they're zipping along, and Arnie's he's got a big axe and he's hit these pipe, the gas pipes and all the gas is coming out and he runs away and then he shoots. So of course the gas ignites as the, you know, this terrorist and his wife are coming through and there's this huge ball of flame that engulfs them and the bike. Arnie dives out of the way into another room out of the way of the flames. Again, not a very good effect anyway. 
and then you see and not the, a very good sort of ending to it all from the, guys, the bad guys well no it's not very satisfying he doesn't even like he doesn't even go to another room he just he jumps behind some stairs and that, and that's it and he's there and you see the, I mean, the I, remnants I what though. they were trying to do with that was like oh he's the everyman firefighter he's not a former marine or anything like that he hasn't got the um you know fighting wherewithal although he did you know beat the shit out of yeah. the bad guys at one point uh but um but maybe that's what they're trying to be maybe like. Oh, so. he's not. You know, he's not the he's not the green beret or yeah. anything like that. But he he's sees, just a this, firefighter. You see what this this ball of flame does to the motorbike that they're both on. You see pieces of the bike, and it's just been ripped to shreds, and and it's smoking and it's charred and it's all bent. And you're thinking they're just dust, and then both of them appear. With hardly a scratch on them. There's not even a bit of comedy smoke coming off the top of the hair <laughs> or anything. It's, I mean, come on. When you the see what it did to the, the bike, is, oh, dear God. I mean, yeah, I think I liked it a touch more than you did. Like, not, I thought it was fine, but just lacked. I think it was, like, the action was good. And, mm. you know, it was a good action director doing it. You could tell that. And Arnie was... I mean, I just wanted I wanted it to be a bit more Arnie movie. Me too. I mean, I gave it... I think you gave it two and a half on Letterboxd, and I gave it two. Yeah. Which is, is not great. It's not... I mean, I never... I think, off the top of my head, it's probably two is about the lowest could go for an Arnie movie. I mean, it gets a minimum half a star, because it's Arnie anyway. So add that to it, because he's always so watchable. But it's just so pedestrian. Uh, again... Just, just boring. It's not. It just misses all the stuff that you want from an Arnie film. And I know you shouldn't letterbox an actor into just one particular role and one particular genre because he's good in. You know, he's said about his comedy films that he's in and other performances that he's done. He's not just limited to be the action guy. But if you're going to do an action movie and you've got Arnie in it, play to the strengths really to get yeah. the most out which I don't think they do with this at all. It's it's just, a shame. It'd be like one of those. I'd be nice to see it like you know like what it would have been if it hadn't been for 9-11 and like, yeah yeah it could have been I mean I don't know if it, I don't know I think the tone of it would have stayed the same but um yeah might have been even more violent and action-packed yeah. uh or I, maybe maybe they just cut all the jokes out I don't know it's weird so yeah maybe they thought it's after 9-11 that something like that and well, terrorist attacks that feeling like oh we yeah. can't have fun action movies anymore but you know yeah but that did hang around for a while but um Obviously, that's long gone, and we're we're back now. But um, mm. yeah, maybe it was just because of that a reaction to that. But it was an interesting one to revisit. I thought, anyway, it was. Yeah, and again, anybody listening, um, send us an email of what you think about it. Do you agree with us? Do you think it's worse than we said? Do you think it's better than we said? Uh, I'm sure of the people listening. More people have seen this than have seen Silent Trigger. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So please let us know, and we'll read it out whenever we get the emails. So, Tom, um, was it worth a rewatch? Yeah, I think so. You mean, like, it's probably, I would probably say it's my least favourite Arnie film, that or Red Sonja. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. I would say just about, and again, purely because it's an Arnie film, and I would rewatch Arnie and Sly and the like, yeah. um, you know, even in ones that are not particularly good, it's, they're worth a rewatch because it's them anyway, isn't it? Shall we move on? Can we? Wasn't a good one. Choices was it? Both of them. We're not. We're not yeah. on a good run, mate. We're not on a good run. We need to fix this. We really do. 
let's uh, let's take a break and come back and see what we can do for the September show. Right, this uh, September's episode is my first watch pick, mm. and it's time for some hentai. <laughs> it's not hentai, but it is adult animation. Ooh. We're back into the world of adult animation, science fiction, fantasy musical. Yes. Released in 1983, featuring the music of Cheap Trick, Earth, Wind and Fire, Debbie, Harry, Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. Bloody hell. What could possibly go wrong with rock and roll? What? I've never heard of this. It's on Amazon Prime. I've never heard of it either. We're doing it. It's And I went on Letterbox. This isn't going to be some... Oh, my word. What, what <laughs> did the idiots there say? <laughs> there's some interesting opinions about this film. So I'm like, no, nah, we'll go for it. I wouldn't just... We, we we don't go in blind. That is blind anymore. We're going pretty blind to this, but yeah. uh, I have checked. Rock and roll. Get ready for some animation. Wow. Okay. It's not it's often... only seventy-seven minutes, so if it's shit. Oh well, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's rare that we dip into animation. Yeah. Oh, Okay. That that will most definitely be a little bit different. Okay. So it's my obviously rewatch pick, and so after. Silent. After silent trigger, which you have to talk about like that. (laughs) Collateral damage. Oh, no, it wasn't great. Then we go back to the July show. Contraband, I didn't like. You liked it more than I did, but I don't think either of us thought it was amazing. Firestarters. Okay, it's okay. June, Executioner 2. Christ, that was shit. Uh, Thankfully, Shotgun saved that show. Um, and then we go back to May, Space, oh, Space Raiders. Mm, anyway, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, that was that was, that was pretty good. Um, we're, we're not on a good run. We're not on a good run. I need a comfort blanket, mate. I need an 80s comfort blanket desperately. And I need to warm us up ready for the October show, which is traditionally we pick horror films, don't we? Because it's Halloween. And I want I want a warm up for that. And I want, I want to feel good. I want to go into a film knowing, fuck yeah, I'm going to have a good time with this one. So it's from 1986, and it is Trick or Treat, which I haven't seen, and this is quite surprising, mate. I've probably not seen it for over five years, which is rare oh, for me with this. Really rare. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um- I can't remember when I've last seen it, but I'm not watching the shit DVD. I've got of it again. I'll get but there's a Blu-ray in Germany. When you told me what it was going to be, I quickly yeah. went on Amazon in Germany. I think it's 13 euros delivered. I'm going to watch mm. it on Blu-ray. That's what I've got. Yeah, you got to get that one. Mate. Have you got the German Blu-ray? Yes. Is it good? Um, from, picture and sound-wise, can what you remember? From what I can remember, but it's been. Let's that get, long. You'll get a little review of it right here and there. <laughs> Because I was going to go on um, Blu-ray.com, but uh, I'm talking to someone right now who's got it. You've not even watched it on Blu-ray, have you? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) It was a present. You know me and Phil. I get so many, and it's like, I'll get to them eventually. And so here's here's the perfect excuse. I knew you had them, just from what you... (laughs) To sit and watch it. (laughs) To sit. There you go. So it's another little treat for me. 
And this can't let me down. I know I'm going to sit there and not be let down. I'm just the thought of of another oh, like silent trigger or something like that. Don't worry, I've got us covered next episode for another one of those rock and roll. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be. I think there's. I definitely think there's going to be shit to talk about in that. I think it's going to. It looks pretty wild. So oh, that'll be good. So I don't think it's going to be boring. Uh, It doesn't look like it's going to be boring. But no, trick or treat's a good call and yeah, nice sort of pre-show, pre-game Halloween. Yeah, let's get warmed up for Halloween. Like I said, this this eighties comfort blanket that I'm so desperately in need of after the last run of films yeah. that we've watched so and there's more and without giving too much away i'm sure people have watched it already will know this there's far more than just the film to talk about there's the awesome yeah. soundtrack to talk about i mean yeah it's a lot of rock music next episode yeah it's yeah actually there is a lot of music to talk about as well and of course gene simmons is in it and ozzy osbourne's in it and yeah it'll be good it'll be a good mate yeah uh, well before then of course we need to finish this show uh again everybody knows by now the website 60 minutes with.co.uk recently had a little lick of paint looking a little bit different new logos up on there the layouts changed a little bit all the usual stuff is still on there though the news the reviews the podcasts uh we're getting closer and closer to christmas oh my god we're getting very close to christmas unfortunately and if you're going to buy anything from amazon uk Buy it through the affiliate link on the website, please. That would do us a big favor. Throw a few pennies our way. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Uh, leave us a review. This is the listener feedback page. That helps us get more interview guests, along with a lot of other stuff. And the World Tour page is now active as well. And if you don't know what that is, just go to the website, look under the drop-down box for World Tour, and it is really, really easy for you, yes, you, to join a World Tour and if we want to get more pins on there my ultimate aim mate is i would love at least one pin in every country that would be awesome we've got a a good few countries covered already um but even within the countries i want different places covered so please join the world tour takes a few minutes and uh yeah we'd love to see the photographs that go on there and that's that's about it for this one mate it is it's it's been an interesting one the films not been great (laughs) But we've had a lot of interesting discussion about them both. Well, not as so much the first one, but mm. yeah, I'm I am genuinely interested to hear if anybody's watched. Oh yeah, Silent yeah. Trigger. I would love to hear your opinion of it. I really would. Are you one of the people that wrote those letterbox reviews? Yeah, right? maybe, maybe so. We don't know, but you know, everybody's entitled to you know their own opinion about films. It's oh, it's fine. No, yeah. there's there's no right or wrong. It's all just personal opinion. Um, so we'd love to hear if if you think the same, if you think differently, let us know. I'd love to know if just anybody else has seen Silent Trigger, because <laughs> I don't know anybody. It's uh, it's one of those. Yeah. Hmm. Right, and we shall bugger off, and we shall be back. Uh, well, we're back after this show. Actually, the next show uh, to be released after this one will just be a few days later, and it's the uh, 80s Picture House remastered interview with me and Tom with Russell Mulcahy. I can't remember. I don't think we talked about Silent Trigger with him, did we? I no, because well, we hadn't seen hadn't it way seen back it, then. So yeah. We hadn't seen it. We talked about all the good stuff, like the music videos and and Highlander and everything else. <laughs> I wonder if we would have mentioned Silent Trigger if we'd have watched it way back then. Yeah, I don't know. Would we have been too polite to? Would we? If we'd have said, Russell, were you off your tits where you were making this or what? Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's all over the place. So, yeah, you've got you've got that one coming just a few days later. And then, of course, uh, the September show. Yes. Yes. Right. From me, I'm going and uh, probably 
maybe watching a film if I can stay awake. And if not, you just lie back, close your eyes and think of Simon Trigger. And I'll be... And I'm gone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.